Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ruminations of Red Room. I'm your host, Kyle, with a K. And today I have with me Ian with two E's. How you doing, Ian? I'm doing mighty fine. Mighty fine. How are you doing, Kyle? Not bad. Work settled down. Is work finally settling down for you, or or is it still like a? No, I actually got called for overtime tomorrow, but I'm uh, sick. Taking the day off. Okay. Okay. Have you indulged in any media lately? I have. Um, not anything too mentionable. I did watch. I'm still on the um, Once Upon a Time in China grind. That's that's a doozy. The third one, honestly, might be the best. Might be. Um, what else did I watch? Oh, I finally finished um, Quentin Tarantino. Oh, I didn't actually, but I watched um, Jackie Brown. I watched Jackie Brown. Across the hundred and ten stream. Yo, that's a banger. Dude, right. that song is fucking solid. Absolute <laughs> banger. Ah, yeah. So where do you put uh, Jackie Brown Easy. in your... <laughs> wow. That's All so right. bad. <laughs> Not even a question. It was... It was not only like a bad movie, it was a bad Tarantino. It was a terrible Tarantino movie. I disagree. Man, I I gotta see it because <laughs> it's one of the few Tarantino movies I have not seen yet. And I'm, also with I'm us. I'm sorry. We have Brandon. The new blood. I am coming at you guys live from a new desk, actually a desk, I shouldn't say new, and a nice leather desk chair, and I'm riding high on my own supply. I saw Scream 5 today, and I have nothing but great things to say about it. What'd you rate it on Letterboxd, Brandon? Five out of five. Gave it a heart. Five out of five. And you you know what? Once we're done recording this, I'm actually going to go back and change my score of Halloween kills to a four and a half. Oh! Wow. That is insane. I have to ask, obviously, the question that's on everybody's mind. If Halloween Kills was one of the greatest horror movies ever made, <laughs> are you saying that this movie dethrones that as one of the greatest horror movies ever made? Okay, so I don't want to I don't want to blow my load too fast. Um, too late. I so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give all my opinions about Scream Five out just yet because uh, I got greenlit today uh from the editors of horror obsessive to write an article um and the article's uh, tentatively going to be titled is scream five better than scream colon can a movie be better than its predecessor or again it's it's tentative but so my thought here is could scream five be better than scream and I think that the same thing goes for Halloween and Halloween Kills. Can they be better than the 1978 Halloween? Because if you think about it, Scream 5 and Halloween Kills would not exist without their respective intellectual properties. So can I say that Scream 5, that, that Scream, the, the first one, a movie that I hold in such high regard, can I say that a movie that that's basically a requel of, can I say that Scream 5 is better than Scream? Can I say 
earnestly that Halloween Kills is better than Halloween because they're just using that source material to tell a story. So, is it really that hot of a take, though, to say that a sequel can be better than its original? I'm I mean, beginning, I don't think it's that I'm hot be, of a take. I'm like, beginning, it's possible, obviously. I'm, I'm beginning to think it is, and I think that once uh, you, Kyle, and you, Ian, and everyone listening, once you see Scream 5, if you hold Scream in such high regard, I, Which have, I, a, do. I have a good feeling that you might ask yourself that same exact question. Well, if it's better, it's better, and that's just what it comes down to. That's true, um, but I, I will say that the reason I think it's better is because of so many specific things from Scream that they expertly tie into Scream 5 in ways that you don't think could be imaginable. Um, I, th- I think that in that regard, because of all that is used in the first Scream that they bring back in Scream 5, I don't think I can say that Scream 5 is better than Scream but I think it's a movie that Wes Craven would be over the moon about. Like, if he was still alive but couldn't make movies, I think this is the Scream 5 that he tried to make with Scream 4. Well, you heard it here, folks, first. <laughs> On the record from New Blood, Scream 5 is not as good as Scream 1, but still might <laughs> one of the greatest films <laughs> of all time. <laughs> so you heard it here first, Uh-oh. all right? I just want everybody to... Mitch, can I get an applause? Mitch, can I get an applause? Just put the applause right there. Thank you. I'll clap for myself. Brendan, I just want to let you know that if I watch this movie and it doesn't have Timothy Elephant, it will not be receiving a 5 out of 5 on Letterboxd for me. I said Scream 1, not Scream 2. I know, but Scream 2 is my favorite. Hot take. I mean, hey, when uh, Jerry O'Connell sings to uh, to Neve Campbell in the cafeteria, that seems a classic. And I mean, oh my God, he gave he gave her his Greek letters. How dare you, Kyle? Well, how today, are you doing? we're not covering the Scream movies. Oh, <laughs> today we're covering the 2010 horror film Rambach Berlin Undead, also known as Siege of the Dead. It's a 2010 German horror film directed by Marvin Krenn, written by Benjamin Hessler, and starring Michael Futh. They're survivors of a rage virus in Berlin. It's in Germany. It was theatrically released in Austria, the UK, and the US as well. Let's hop into that time machine, folks. 2010. 2010, which I think we might have covered already, but we'll go over the top five highest grossing horror movies of that year. Number five was Saw 3D. Hell Did yeah. anybody actually see it in 3D? I did, actually. I saw, I saw, I saw it emulated on a... Do you, do you remember when, like... There were like 3D discs that came out in like mm-hmm. 2011, 2012, before like 3D TV. Um, I saw it in that format, and it was underwhelming in that format. <laughs> yeah, my Friday the Thirteenth Part Three has the glasses in it and everything, oh, okay. which is pretty rad. Number four was Resident Evil Afterlife. Don't care to talk about it, do you guys? <laughs> which one is that one? Who cares? Number three was The Wolfman. 
Oh, with uh, Benicio Del Toro and Anthony Hopkins? Never seen it. But yes. I remember not hating it. I remember never watching it. (laughs) (laughs) I do like the original Wolfman a lot, though. It's a good universal flick. Who was who was that? That wasn't that was Lon Chaney, right? I don't know. I actually don't know. It's a good question. I should know because I'm a big fan of those movies. But number two is A Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake. Any takers? Wait, say, I'm I'm sorry. Say that again. The remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Oh, you mo- you mean the one where they blatantly make Freddy a child rapist? Nah, pass. See, I feel like we talked about Wasn't this before. He a child rapist? No, it, it, he was a child murderer. Like there were some implications ah. later on in the series of him possibly doing more, but like his original thing was he was just a child killer. I feel like a child rapist is worse. Is it? I mean, they're both bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> look at that. Let's just leave it right there. <laughs> and then number one is Paranormal Activity 2. Oh, my favorite movie of all time. Of all time? Wait, is, yeah. that, one, is that one the ghost dimension? No, stop it, Brendan. Please, <laughs> for the love of God. <laughs> okay, so talk to me about, as somebody who's only seen the first Paranormal Activity, is it worth going through? Where does two stand oh, among the rest? It's so it's it's my favorite one out of the bunch, honestly. Um, it's a sequ- it's a direct sequel to the first one, and it uh, goes to the sister's side of the family. Okay, so wait, does it follow one family throughout yes. the entire series? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it, it, if, if if I'm correct, if I'm correct, it follows the family of the girl from the first one, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the sister of the girl from the first one. It's her family. It it's um it actually take takes place simultaneously. Gotcha. Simultaneously. Well, that's the top five highest grossing horror movies of that year. Before we begin talking about the movie, let's just get a little bit of backstory on your guys' history with zombie flicks and the genre itself. Ian, we'll start with you. Do you have any favorites in the zombie genre? Um, and where did it start for you? Yeah, I, I did used to, love, um, used to love zombie movies. I think my grandma even knew that, and she got me a, like a toolbox when I was younger. It was like zombie theme. Um, I don't think I really have. I, you're not going to like my answer, uh, Kyle, uh, if I tell you what my one of my favorite zombie movies are. But um, I don't know. I, I I was I was quite quite a fan back in the day. But now, I mean, it's 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 all right. I'm I'm more into like uh, different things, you know. Different things. You kind of just grow out of zombie uh, films. I don't know. Well, yeah, that's one person's take. I mean, which. Zombie films are your favorite, though. Resident (laughs) Evil? Like the first one? Yeah, like the first one. Or just the the whole series in general? That's Um, great. You know, I grew up watching the entire series, so I I, I do very much enjoy the second one, probably the most, because it has uh, Nemesis, which is really dope. But, I mean, they're all really fun. So you say that you grew out of horror, or grew out of zombie movies. Like, what about it? made you kind of move on from being interested in that genre 
it's kind of overdone. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I feel like you've done enough with zombies now that you can kind of just let it die, really. Like, there's not really much else. There's not really a whole lot of lore you can add to zombie films, you know? But d- doesn't it depend on how the story's told? I mean, there's thousands of slasher films that that have come out, and, you know, there's still slasher films that are coming out today that still elevate the subgenre. I think that the same could be said about zombie films. I'm I'm looking more towards, like, lore. And slasher films, that you just get what you get. Like, I mean, slashers haven't really changed. I mean, does does the, the lo- does the lore really matter in a zombie film? I mean, they're either slow or fast, and that's to me it does. Okay, that's fair. Well, we'll also, talk. I mean, it's that. been around for a long time. The one of the first zombie movies was Night of the Living Dead, right? And that came out in sixties. I want to say. Yeah, this is sixties. What about you, Brendan? Where do you stand with the sub genre of zombie films, and like, how did you start? I mean, uh, growing up, it was my number one favorite subgenre, which there was a point where whenever I thought of horror, I only thought of zombie films like uh, freshman through senior year of high school uh, was my big obsession with them. Like my mom and I, uh, we went to see Zombieland in theaters. Um, I've talked about this on the show before, but uh, we watched a movie that we really loved called The The Dead. Um, But I think my biggest interest in zombies actually came from reading my junior year of high school we were finally allowed to have book bags so i didn't need to carry my books around um but no matter what i was doing i the one book i I had all my random school shit in my bag but the two the the two books my my senior year it was two books uh for uh junior year i would carry around max brooks's uh uh zombie apocalypse survival guide i don't know if you guys have read that yeah um, i have uh in my spare time i i would take uh graph paper from my math classes and i would do nothing but draw <clears throat> like what i would think would be like a zombie proof house and i would draw it you know to scale and everything like so i i was obsessed with zombies and then my sophomore or junior year of high school i saw Shaun of the dead and I was like, this is this is the greatest movie I've ever seen. Nothing can be better than this. And then I saw Hot Fuzz. Um, yeah. But but I, I think zombie-wise, for me, Shaun of the Dead is and always will be the greatest zombie film ever made. So I have a similar I, I have a similar story. Uh, z- zombie films is probably my favorite subgenre as well. Aside from slashers, I grew up at a very young age being very interested in it. I started, I would say in grade school, my love of it started from playing the original Resident Evil trilogy on PlayStation. Um, I have very fond memories going through the first three games with me and my friends and just getting super scared. And... It kind of evolved from there. I would say my early teens is, I mean, this was a time when zombies wasn't played out yet. Like, if anything, it was played out from the 80s and early 90s, and then it kind of died down for a while, no pun intended. (laughs) And in the early 2000s, when I started my, you know, my early teen years, it had a huge resurgence with 28 Days Later 
and yeah. Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead and Edgar Wright's Shaun of the Dead and all these movies that were that were bringing them back in new ways. You know, it started with fast zombies. That seems like such a cliche now, but back then it was new and fresh and terrifying. We never saw zombie films in that way before. It was always slow. It was always dumb and you know it 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 brought new life to the genre and then it kind of took off again from there i would say my late teens that's when you know the walking dead comics started to pick up and oh yeah it it blew up even more and then once the walking dead comics started to pick up call of duty incorporated zombies in the first world at war game and it just it, it kept continuously taking off one after another and it it blew up again until it got so big that it had nowhere else to go but back down. And now we're on the decline, I would say, with zombie films. There isn't too many of them made anymore, but it's it's something I've always held very close to my heart. And after kind of starting with the resurgence of like 28 Days Later and Shaun of the Dead and stuff, I went back and watched the greats like the George Romero's and the dawn and the day and all that kind of stuff and just fell in <laughs> love all over again. And it, it, it's, it, it's always stuck with me. And the things that fascinate me the most about the zombie subgenre is that with any particular apocalypse setting, there's just so many micro events that are happening that so many stories that, just never get told in every single one of these worlds. But you could take a sliver of something and make it something. And this is a good example of that. But I guess well, we'll and get in. Could, could I, I just wanted to add something to, to your sure. point about, about 28 Days, uh, Dawn of the Dead. And to a, to a lesser extent, I will say uh, Shaun of the Dead. But those uh, you have Danny Boyle, you have Zack Snyder, you have two studio directors who have proven that they can make films that audiences enjoy so i think that that was actually kind of of good that they were the ones to kind of spearhead that uh that'd be what the second or third wave i would say the second wave yeah um, second wave. yeah the second wave uh and it, it's interesting that that hollywood decided or i think it's smart of hollywood that they decided to pick these two big named directors uh i mean edgar wright was known for spaced but that was only he wasn't in, very big but yeah you know he wasn't big um but uh danny boyle and Zack snyder you know they made whether you like it or not they made two hollywood blockbuster zombie movies and i think that that was good for the industry to make zombies accessible to mainstream audiences that that wouldn't go out and see a, a rambach or maybe more or less might not go out and see a Shaun of the dead um so I, I i definitely think that it was really important that two people of that caliber uh spearheaded the the second wave i agree with you 100 percent. and when it comes to those three directors in particular it's i don't know if it was you know, I, like, I think it was just lightning in a bottle in the sense that they got three directors with such unique style mm -hmm. to make a, a film about a genre that was so unoriginal at that point. And so they made it original. And, and I think it, that propelled yeah. it. 
Yeah, they, they provide three different stories, three different worldviews. I mean, Danny Boyle and uh, Edgar Wright are both British, but I mean, even though they're both British, they both provided two completely different settings and stories and, and worldviews that they have to create such groundbreaking uh, movies. I mean, Shaun of the Dead, hell, you know how many movies now have emulated the the changing the TV channel to... Uh, and you know, there's a word and they change it again. And there's another mm-hmm. word that strings along like that news scene. There's so many movies that have emulated that. I mean, most of them mm-hmm. are horror, but I, I just think that, that they really hit the nail on the head and they made so many people, uh, they hashtag made zombies great again. So Rambach, I guess we'll start with our initial impressions and then we could just kind of talk about whatever we feel like. Brendan, I'll start with you. What do you think about Rambach 2010? This is a movie that for the longest time I saw in the $5 bin in Walmart. And one day I just up and bought it, uh, having no you know, preconceived notions of it other than it looked like a $5 horror movie that I would typically buy at Walmart. Um, but I never got around to watching it and I lost my disc somehow. I think moving from Pennsylvania to New Jersey, I think I sold it or something. I was so pleasantly surprised by this movie in so many uncomfortable ways. I I, th- I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I I almost just gave away my rating, um, but I will I will hold that. Okay, fair enough. Ian Rambach, two thousand ten. How do you feel about it? Um, so I'm a big fan of uh, short films, and I feel like. I'd say my whole generation is a fan of short films. I feel like that's a fair thing to say, even without acknowledging that we are fans of short films. We all grew up watching YouTube videos and like uh, just vines. I mean, we just grow up watching that stuff, you know? Um, That being said, short films are, are used for like, they're a very useful tool for showing how creative a director can be showing their chops, showing um, how unique something can be, really going for whatever their creative mind um, tells them to do. And I feel like this is anything but. It is the most mediocre zombie film I've ever seen in my life. Okay. Um, This movie, to me, I, I saw this movie. I can't remember exactly how I obtained it. I watched it through some sort of streaming service, I think, but I can't remember exactly which one, but I watched it on a whim, didn't know anything about it. It was one of the days where I was just bored and wanted to watch a movie. I like zombie movies, so I put it on. And I was also very pleasantly surprised about the movie. I think short films, I agree with your your take on how short films can show off a director's style and chops they have a very condensed amount of time that they can work with but they can pack a lot more in that time and i really like when they take insignificant what would seem to be insignificant stories or moments and make them into something more or grand and i feel like this is something that it did really well in the sense of out of all the stories it can tell in a post-apocalyptic, or not post-apocalyptic, I guess, but in a zombie 
outbreak, it just takes the perspective of one individual going through a breakup, which is probably the worst time to go through a zombie apocalypse. Um, and it shows his final days. Um, I think this was a fun hour. I, I enjoyed the style of the movie. And yeah, it was good. Well, Yo, honestly, so, five minutes in, I could definitely tell this was a Kyle movie. Why do you say that? Just based on the cinematography. It's, it's very similar to 28 Days Later. Very gritty, gray, kind of dull coloring, um, quick shots, stuff like that. So this zombie film tackles the outbreak in a different way. It's still uh, transmitted and spread through like saliva and blood, but it only activates with adrenaline. So I mean, oh, we've is had that our... is that why they were taking the sedatives? Yes, I thought that, I thought that they were taking the sedatives so that they could just sleep through the process. Holy no shit. I'm oh my god, sure that just that... added a whole another layer to it. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure it first uh broke that down in it, it like it was kind of background noise. It was when the TV was talking, like the news reporter was on the on the TV and it was saying that the virus could lay dormant in a body until adrenaline kicks in and once the adrenaline kicks in it pretty much moves the virus to the brain oh shit so, wait so so no i i'm can i get into spoilers now is that cool yeah let's go we're just talking wait so so is that why when that's why when ulf runs out of the front gate and michael chases after him that's why when he walks back inside his wound starts bleeding again and that's when his change happens exactly Oh my god, I my for some reason I thought that he just got bit in like that same location again. Holy shit. And That's also so cool. I, yeah, and also I think one of the best scenes in this movie that incorporates this new way of spread cuz that's what's this is a new take. This is a zombie a, like a a lower budget small zombie film trying to still propel the genre in a different way that hasn't been done before and it may be minor but it's still new and interesting so in this world one of the best scenes in this world's kind of like um storytelling of the virus is when he goes up and he's literally getting broken up with and that's why they're telling him she's like you need to calm down and she's lying to him oh fuck because she doesn't want him to turn so she she's lying to him going, no, 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 we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. You know, everything's fine. You just broke my fucking brain, man. So this is why we do this. This is why we talk about movies. I was ready to give this thing a fucking zero out of 100. That that raised it by like 10 folds for sure. It's a very it is a very minor um, detail, but it is pretty interesting and pretty cool. Well, and so, if I you mean, go I, back and watch. Oh, sorry. No, no, go no you, you go. I was just going to say, so if you go back and watch it again with that context, <laughs> it changes literally almost every scene in the movie. So, I mean, it, you, you raised a really good point uh, when you started talking about this. Uh, this is probably, I would say, in the middle of the, the second wave of zombie movies. And for them to take... It, I would it, say this would it, be third wave, honestly. 
Okay. Okay. That's fair. Um, just how, how you spun is wrong because you didn't spin anything. How, how you, how you put it out there. I mean, I already thought it was interesting because of how claustrophobic it felt and I'll get to that in a bit. Um, but put the claustrophobia aside i thought that the way that they made the zombies and you know everything about the turning process it took that tired genre that we're all very aware of and they they made it new so i mean i guess kind of going back to what ian was saying they changed they like they flipped the lore kind of Mm -hmm. on its head and they made you care about the process of zombification because i mean as with most zombie, I mean, some zombie movies are a bit more meta, but with a movie like this, we're learning the information right as Michael and Harper are learning the information. And exactly. I think I think that to make a zombie movie that you want people to care about, you have to put them in the shoes of the main character. I mean, hell, if you take someone that that hates horror movies or doesn't watch them. They know what zombies are. They know that if you get bitten, you turn into a zombie, you have to remove the head. Boom that and end a story but i i think that to to take the lore of zombification into effect the way that this movie does i think that that was a really solid way for the uh the writer director and co-writer to to take the zombies out of the safe space that we know that they are i agree you know what would be cool what's but up zombies but zombies and if this was advertised as like a spinoff for 28 days later i could definitely see this being spinoff see what i like most about zombie films is when they take the same world and tell it from another person's perspective for example when they announced that there was going to be a last of us part two I was very excited at the concept of them going back to this world. I necessarily did not need for them to go back to Joel and Ellie. I always wanted, like, what would a Last of Us 2 be like in Europe? What would a Last of Us 2 be like in Japan? What would a Last of Us 2 be like in, you know, Australia? And so... Good day, mate. I I think that actually... It's a zombie. So he's got my baby. She's my step, bro. Um, <laughs> I think what did this really well as far as a sequel is 28 weeks later, they didn't follow any of the survivors of the first movie. It's a new perspective from a new group of survivors in the same pandemic. And... I could totally see them doing like I would I would watch five more Rambox. Like if they made five more Rambox in this in Berlin from five different other survivors still battling the adrenaline virus, I would watch it. Oh, one hundred percent. I guess that's why I like zombie films so much, because as tired and played out as it may seem, all they have to do is tweak minor things to make it new again. And it doesn't matter if it's the same virus, like if it's told from a different perspective, it extremely changes the entire movie. One's a military movie. If it's from the perspective of soldiers, you know, holding down a, uh, a camp that's trying to take in survivors or a dude that's just surviving in his house that just got broke up with his girlfriend. That's finding the pandemic on day one. Like it doesn't, I don't know. I really enjoyed it, but 
Can I can I say my uh my big gripe with Last of Us Two real quick? Yeah, let's hear. Hot it. take. Fuck Abigail. Oh, like so you're a you're an Abigail one's, hater, huh? Which one? No, like Ab- Abigail is the uh is she is she a I'm I'll get shit for saying this. Um, no. is she what? Is, she's trans? No, she's not trans. No, no. I, th- well, I, those were the original like leaks, and everybody blew up about them, but. I've played the game a few times now, and she's just a jacked chick. Hell okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, and anyways, that that's not the like, point. That, that's that, that that's not the point that I, I that I was trying to make, and I'm sorry for making it sound that way. Um, but in spoiler alert for Last of Us Two, it's been out for like fucking three years, so get over it. Um, we're supposed to play with and sympathize as the character that basically kills Joel. Like, are you, are you, I, I, dude, I don't, it's been over two years. If you're not, if you haven't played it yet, you're not going to play it now. I don't even know like, who Joel is, to be honest. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, like, like, see, that, that pissed me off so much. Like, why should, I don't, I spent an entire 12 hours straight living Joel's life in the apocalypse. And I've replayed it many times. And we fall in love with Joel and, uh, what, what's the, the, the girl's name? Ellie. Ellie, yeah. So you fall in love with Joel and Ellie, these two fucking characters. And then Last of Us 2 is like, okay, now you're going to play as the person that killed the character you love. And I'm like, really? Like, maybe if they would have done a better job at it, I would have, maybe I would have enjoyed it more. But like, it just pissed me off so much to have to play as Abigail. Like, it made me furious. I actually liked it, but we we oh. won't get we won't get extremely into that. But I will say that 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 is another take that I thought was actually kind of ballsy, and man, it left for some very tense moments when you had to fight Ellie at the end, and you're like, I don't want to kill her, but like I don't want to die. Like it it made for such I don't know. It was it, I I thought it was really good. That's I thought it was cool. Really good. Like, yeah, like the, yeah. It 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 feels you, you, it it. I if if they went all in on that, I would be down for it. But it it's sloppy because half the game you play as Ellie. There's a scene where, or the the one where Abigail is pretty much pretty much the boss battle. You're Ellie, and I think it's the back area of a theater or something. Of a theater, yeah, yeah. And so so you want me to focus on killing this character, Abigail? But okay, now you're gonna play as Abigail. See, I. I agree with you on that. I think that they should have just committed to the game being about Abby. Agreed. Agreed. And I think midway, like if they left, like if they kept who you were like trying to hunt down as like a spoiler till the middle of the game, and then you're like, whoa, this whole time I was hunting down fucking Joel and Ellie. Like yeah. that would have been baller, dude. I, I, I agree. That would, that would have been mind blowing. Mind blowing for sure. Yeah. No, I agree with you. But um, we're not talking not, about Last of Us. Yeah, right? no, I was going to say, uh, which one track. is she in Rainbow? <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's talk about the overall story arc of the movie. It starts with him practicing his breakup and, or I, I guess his redemption to try to not get broken up with. And he... Simp. Which yeah, is hysterical. Super simp, yeah. Icky. Um, that end scene gross <laughs> no that was that was sweet i, I thought it was good so Fuck let's talk about the premise the premise slash acting ian what did you think of the premise the overall story arc of the movie 
and the acting. I want now that you brought that uh, uniqueness to my attention. I mean, I I literally like base my whole fucking thought process on shitting on this movie. <laughs> Not gonna lie, <laughs> I fucking hated this movie. Um, but that being said, the acting it's all right, I guess. Um, I haven't seen a lot of German films, so I don't really know a lot about their acting process. Wait, wait, um, didn't didn't we just watch Angst? Yeah, I mean that's the like one of the only German films I've seen, and then we also shit on that movie for its acting. So again, I haven't seen a lot of German films, and I haven't seen a lot of their you know acting styles. Um, but it was alright. Um, I do I do still think that this movie is pretty dull, um, story wise. Um, but that zombie, um, that zombie outbreak process is pretty cool. <laughs> Brendan, story arc, overall theme of the movie, acting combined. What do you think about? Um, I I agree with Ian a little bit that the the acting did leave uh, a little beat, a little to be desired for. Um, Gabby is a furry, which I thought was something interesting that they mm-hmm. so they they make us want to care about a furry. That's mm-hmm. interesting. What a furry is to our audience. Uh, a furry is someone that puts on a little bit of a sexualized animal outfit and likes to hump people in the woods in the Mojave Desert. Um, Sounds like my Saturday night. <laughs> actually, th- there's a really there's a really good uh, one hundred and uh, a thousand a thousand and one ways to die. That's what the show called. Oh, I love that show. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a segment about about a thousand ways to die. Uh, yeah, a thousand ways to die. There's a, a a segment about furries in the Mojave Desert. That was that reference. Deep cut. Um, Furries. French. Uh, I I think that the, the the story was great. Again, the acting left uh, a little to be desired for, but I thought that this movie was really claustrophobic. And I think that they handled the confined space really well. The only time you ever get to see inside of someone else's apartment is when our main characters are physically inside that apartment. We get, you know, looks in from the vantage point of Gabby's apartment, uh, from where Michael and Harper are looking out of. Um, I keep saying Michael. They call him Mishi. Uh, but on IMDb, it's Michael. So that's what I'm going with. Um but, you know, I, I thought that this film was really claustrophobic, uh, and it reminded me, uh, the claustrophobia kind of brought me back to, I don't know if you guys have seen the zombie film Pontypool. No. Pantypool? What is it called? P- Pontypool. P-O-N-T-Y-P-O-O-L. That Let's is... Let's see. Hold on re- re- really quick. I'm looking at Pornhub.com slash <laughs> Pantypool. It's not Sub iron. Subgenre stepsister um oh it's it's yeah I it's i would say it is on my top five favorite zombie films at uh, pontypool um Ooh. it's an incredible film and the way that they handle the claustrophobia in that always kind of stuck out to me so when i was watching this movie last night i kept getting like flashbacks to pontypool like this movie feels so claustrophobic in the in the right ways it doesn't feel like they're trying to overly um overly push a feeling on you of any sort the the claustrophobia just kind of comes natural i think to their i mean they're literally in a gated apartment complex 
And I, I think that you feel that in the only time that you get that brush of breath of fresh air is when Michael gets ostracized to the roof. Um, mm-hmm. And also, did anyone else think that when he was standing on the side of the building, looking down at that lake with the boat, that he was just going to jump? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, it's over. He's ending it. (laughs) That thing was okay. I agree with you guys on that. The claustrophobia in zombie films is comforting to me. (laughs) And let me tell you why. (laughs) I since I grew up with like a fascination for these movies, like and the genre itself, I always pretended in my head, like what would I do in my own home if I was in a zombie apocalypse? And I used to like imagine like like I used to have workarounds and like emergency things in my head to do if like something was to happen like that. So like breaking down the walls to go like room to room is something I've thought of before. Um, breaking down the staircases with sledgehammers when I used to live in apartments is something I've thought of before. Oh, you gotta, you gotta. Yeah. And like, so you gotta break everything you can just all points of contact for them to be able to get to you. And so, um, there's a movie actually that came out recently called hashtag alive that kind of, kind of did this. Yeah same thing and i actually really liked that movie too it was enjoyable um and i thought the acting was way better in that movie but i enjoyed the the setting of the movie especially because it was just an hour it didn't have to span all of fucking berlin i liked how they gave you that shot on the roof showing that it does extend to outside of this little complex that they're trying to survive in it added the context it needed to give you the grander scale of things i do like the theme of the movie though the like the overall theme of losing human uh, humanity and like losing love and how that coincides with each other with the virus overall though it was all right as far as do you guys have anything else you guys want to add okay what's up um, I didn't really understand the like weakness of the zombies. Does someone want to explain that to me? Are you like are the you flashing? Like, I think it was. Flashing? I think it was just like something that that caught them off guard. It said that uh, in the virus, when it spreads to the brain, it affects their retinas and it makes them hypersensitive. Okay, because that that's what I thought, but it didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me because they were like out in the daytime. And if you shine, if you try to like turn on a flashlight during the day, you're not going to see any illumination because it's obviously brighter than a flashlight. So, well, I think the flash of a camera is a lot more extreme than than the sun. Well, if you look directly at the sun, maybe. I mean, have you ever been out during the day and had a camera no. flash right in your face? Like, they're two totally different things. Am I wrong? Well, you, but you wouldn't. <laughs> notice the flash because it's daytime you also haven't yeah, been infected yeah, with an adrenaline virus <laughs> so, that is true. i i, I think that I, I think that the how the synapses would react against a flash be it night or day day would have to be closer but yeah, I think once closer. once those synapses you know spark in your in your brain i think that it would be pretty much the same night or day so if this 
if this series was to continue, I would imagine that they would have to travel at night because like the flash would only be effective really at night. Yeah. Which would be cool. It'd be a cool thing. Cause usually you want to travel during the day. So it would kind of flip it on its head and I don't know. Yeah, I you know, you know, got a camera flash brighter than the sun. Apparently it's going to turn more zombies. You know? I do like the final shot at the end of the movie though, when the two kids are on the boat and then you see the flash in the background. Yeah. Did you guys notice that? I did, I did, yes. Yeah, I was. I really dug the whole Flash aspect of it. Kind of like showing, like implying that there's other survivors that found out the same, you know, the yeah. same method. And, you know, I, I, I think it was interesting how how they worked the camera. It, it was kind of Chekhov's camera from the beginning, and we didn't really know it. Because, I mean, Harper, uh, I mean, I guess you can't really say the beginning because this was like 20 minutes into it, but... Um, but yeah, first, first act, you can, um, once they build the, uh, the battering ram into the wall, Harper takes a photo of Michael next to the battering ram. So that, that sets up the camera being in the film. And at the time I was like, that's, that's a really weird thing. Why would they introduce a digital camera into a zombie apocalypse movie? Um, and I, I really did like how it came back into play. I thought that was very, very clever. Like like in Shaun of the Dead, you know, when you when you see the the Winchester rifle above the bar, there's that whole conversation about the gun doesn't work, the gun does work, and then they use the gun later on in the movie. It, it's the same thing. Dogs can look up. <laughs> <laughs> no, they can't. <laughs> so, do you guys have any thoughts on the way the zombies looked, or the special effects, the gore, anything like that? There wasn't a lot. Ask that, Kyle. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of it, but um. Why did he, so when they entered the old lady's house, like, why did he let her jump on his back? Like, did you guys notice that? Well, I think that she was jumping at him and his natural reaction was to turn. Was to was give it, her a piggyback ride? I mean, look at the man. He looks, he's a fucking, he looks like a marshmallow. Like, what do you he's expect a, him to do? Like an average male. Yeah, yeah exactly. He, he, he's an average straight white male. What did you expect him to do? Krav Maga? If I had a nickel for every time I gave an old lady a piggyback ride, let me tell you, I wouldn't <laughs> have that many nickels. I wouldn't have that many nickels, actually. Um, I actually didn't notice he turned or anything, so I, I, I'm not really sure what you're talking about. I did. I, like I missed communication. Yeah, there, there, one of the notes that I wrote was piggyback ride. Um, <laughs> it, 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 did, it did seem a little out of place to me. Um, I just kind of took it as his natural reaction as an obviously very 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 beta male was to turn away from any conflict a very beta <laughs> male extreme beta uh, for sure that's funny um they looked I, sorry go ahead i was gonna say i lo- i loved when he ate the rabbit food yeah he gave no fucks at that point oh you know he was like you know what this is it. what i mean and uh i i think that that kind of proves to the besides the claustrophobia there's like a good bit of nihilism in this movie i mean you have the one girl who watches her boyfriend try to go down and close the gate and get eaten right in front of her and then everyone one by one starts to close her close their windows while she just sits there with her window open and cries and michael and, and michael just slowly closes the window and like to me 
there there were a lot of like nihilistic moments in this movie but for me that was the one i was like oh yeah nothing matters we're all just gonna get eaten by zombies yeah exactly i still don't know why he the way he ran out to close the gate yeah he like head dived into the group of zombies like he didn't (laughs) even try to like fight them off one at a time well see kyle (laughs) kyle he's what we call a sigma male we are beta males gotcha gotcha thanks for the clarification on that wait we're the betas well i guess uh maybe we're alphas but he's definitely a sigma i also don't understand why the buff dude hung himself uh, because he was a uh, bitten. <laughs> Why was he staring out the window? Like, I mean, that guy was just flexing. I was just flexing, dude. He, he was in, he was, he was infected. He's not even like. Well, yeah, no, it like it hinted that he was infected by the cut on his arm in the beginning, and he was always super chill. That's why he yeah. never turned, because his adrenaline was never was never going. But then, why hang yourself? But bro, I can't. I can't. I can't go get my swole on, bro. Are you serious, bro? Yeah, nah, fuck it, bro. I can't. I can't do this, bro. <laughs> I can't get my pre-workout, bro. You got them gamer subs. The lack of pre-workout got his adrenaline going. <laughs> <laughs> that actually makes sense. No workout, no pre-workout, no life, baby. I also think it's funny how he goes into the one apartment to give the guy the uh, sedatives for food. Yeah, and you find out that she needs the sedatives because she's infected the wife that's in the house what turns her is he drops the glass of water and that's what get like that's what sends her over the edge did you guys notice that that'd be my mom for sure (laughs) or if like she found out that someone came in her house without her knowledge she'd instantly turn i was like you had you were surviving you were chill you had more sedatives he dropped the glass of water and you're like well (laughs) Yes, I'm going, guys. Well, in, it's morphing time. In in high in hindsight, now knowing that that's what set it off, that does make a little sense because you know, um, the neighbor asked him what two or three days ago, maybe for the sedatives, and he was already low. So maybe yeah. it was just it hadn't gotten in her in time. Oh, that's true. Um, like it could have been like already amping up yeah but also like again to add to the nihilism theme once she turned he just stands in front of the window and calls yeah. her over and, i love like, that that hurt my heart so much like yeah i love that, that scene that was that was maybe one of the most like real things i've ever seen in a zombie movie yeah i really really like that scene a lot and it kind of goes hand in hand with the end that ian hates Soon. Ian, Ian, talk to me about the ending of the movie. Yeah, I ain't sipping for no girl. And in my notes, I wrote Sims for the girl that cheated on him in his last final moments. That's an L. End of story. I like the contraption, the bike contraption that they made with the camera. Oh, that, so that that's was so lit. cool. Yeah. That was pretty lit. Um, and, and I mean, like, it, if you think about it, Michael is in the middle of turning. He is at this point, he's a lost cause. And he takes his final moments to help these two random ass people escape with their lives. Like, I think that's, that's really noble. And, uh, again, I think that that's pretty nihilistic because he doesn't know what's going to happen to them. And 
I feel like he would be assuming the worst is going to happen. Of course, yeah. Um, so like, but what other option is there? You know, yeah, no, yeah. That the other, the only other option is to put a bullet in your head. <laughs> and then the ending, where you know, instead of dying alone, he dies in the arms of the girl he loved. Yeah, and I, I thought that was really sweet. Me too, Ian. Yeah. What'd you think of it? <laughs> you know, I mean, just hugging the girl that has been sleeping with another man for the last two weeks. I mean, it is pretty sweet. I mean, she did try to break up with him. Yeah, they were broken up, though. Yeah, like, they were broken up. You can't blame her. Yeah. So. Can't blame her. There, there, were, there was one, real quick, there was one mem- memorable line from the movie. Uh, when uh, Harper asks Michael where they're going to go to the bathroom. He, oh, yeah. He, he says, there's nothing to shit. We've got nothing to eat. And I thought that that was unintentionally one of the funniest lines of the entire movie. Yeah, it was a good line. I actually liked the relationship between him and the kid, even though it was super short. Yeah. But I liked well, also, it. Also, like, one of my notes is, wow, you're just going to leave Harper? I mean, I, I get that he couldn't go back down to save Harper, but at the same point, he didn't really try hard. I mean, he got distracted, too, by... by yeah, that, that's true, by Gabby. Here. Yeah. Also, I one of my notes was zombie bunny question mark. I kind of wish that the bunny would have turned into a zombie because now the zombies just the bunny is just going to starve in its cage. It's true, which made me really oh, sad to think about. Wow. Yeah. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, that's probably the worst part of this movie. <laughs> right. I mean, it's the, it's the fucking dog watching his family yeah, get killed it, all over again. At least in angst, they don't kill the dog, but he gets away. It, the dog gets away. Yeah, Just the dog imagine. probably lives a good life. This yeah. bunny's gonna resort to eating its own shit and then die. Die. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, Michael took his food, the, his last food source. So I mean, <laughs> it's gonna become an any minute here. Oh, what God. a dick! All right, let's Thanks. let's go over our final thoughts and ratings of the movie. Ian, we'll start with you, since you seem pretty down on it. What are your final thoughts and rating of Rambach or Siege of the Dead 2010? See, this is why I don't uh, have like a set um, rating until like I have a conversation with another human being about this. Because you don't get ideas and you don't get things. There's something you might not catch through your, uh, through your viewing, right? Like sure. I just learned that this is how they turn into zombies. Like that's a, that's a super cool... Um, Super cool lore, like added lore. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I, uh, I I'm not a big fan of the camera work. I think it's pretty it's a pretty dull uh, film all around. Um, it was it was all, it was just alright, and I think it's that's a pretty fair statement. And I and for that, I'm gonna give it a fifty out of a hundred. Fifty out of a hundred, an F minus. Brendan, final thoughts. Um, Rambach 2010. Yeah, so with the information that you've provided me, I will be raising my score because I think like I like I've already said it's it's unique and it took an already tired third wave and tried to do something different with it. Um, you know, you had the claustrophobia, the nihilism, all that really interesting stuff to it. I think that it makes for a very very solid zombie movie and plus being an hour long it makes it super accessible um, and easily consumable so i will give it a 70 70 percent 
I also agree. It was a very refreshing watch being at an hour. It didn't overstay its welcome. I did like the visual style. Ian, you're right. It is a very Kyle type of movie with the color palette and the way the filming is. Um, I enjoyed the the camera work. It wasn't super special, but it was like it it did the job. I thought that the take on the zombie virus or you know the infection is something new and interesting that I've never seen before. And I did like the dynamic between the two main characters, even though it was very short-lived. And I liked the concept of the, like Brennan said, the claustrophobic, very condensed um, setting that it took place in. I think this is a solid zombie movie. I do have it in my collection. I'm going to give it a 76%, which, was, which is actually lower than I was originally going to give it. So you're right, and I did actually adjust mine. Let's see. I was going to give it a 95. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, God. You know what? You know what? I, I would have been okay with that. Don't yeah. ever say something like that when I got some of them. I'm joking. All right, so yeah, that being said, that being said the Red Room rating for Rambach 2010 is 65%. Very fair. Very fair rating. 65. I think it's a little low, but it is what it is. 65%. Poor cent. And now we're going to end every episode like we do with your is favorite it, game. Is, is it, it time for what I think it is? Is it right? Yeah. I don't know. Is it right? Is it right? This game, we're going to read the description of a movie. They're going to guess whether it's fresh or rotten which can award them one point. If they guess that correctly, they can guess the percentage. If it's within 7%, they get awarded a secondary point. This week, we are also going over the user scores, not the critic scores. Number one. Long ago, Van Helsing imprisoned the infamous Count Dracula within a vault inside Carfax Abbey. In present day, Van Helsing relies on Dracula's immortal blood to remain alive. But then thieves break into the vault and steal the vampire's coffin, thinking it contains something valuable. Liberated from his prison, Dracula seizes the opportunity to escape, but Van Helsing sets out to banish him to the crypt once again. Genre horror. Kate Beckinsale is the love of my life. And... I'm oh, girls, but holy moly, man! Growing up, oh, it's lights out. I know. Is it, it fresh? I think, is it? I think I know what this is. This movie's rotten. Um, this movie is. Yeah, it's it's got to be rotten. It's got to be rotten. You guys are both correct. It is in fact rotten. And guess the percentage. <sighs> I mean, I liked this movie, if it is what I think it is. Um, I mean, it's I, pretty obvious. <laughs> I, the I, name I, of the, the movie. <laughs> wait, did you? He said it several times. Are we talking about Legion? <laughs> what? Ian, Van Helsing and Dracula are in a lot of movies. <laughs> so just say True, true, but... It's around the same time frame, I want to say. True. I'm pretty sure this came out in 2010. Are we? Is, is it? Isn't it's Van Helsing, bro? Oh, 
I was thinking of fucking Legion. Isn't Legion a, a vampire movie? No. That's like gods and devils. I could have swore it was about vampires. No. Oh, you're thinking, um, oh, the same actor in a different movie. What is that movie called? Oh. Priests. You're thinking priests. Oh, yes. Yeah. Jesus. God. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 30. I'm going to say 52. You guys are both incorrect. It oh. is, it is, however, rotten at 39%. You were really close, really close, Brendan. With 50,000-plus reviews, directed by Patrick Lucier, it is Wes Craven's Presents Dracula 2000. Oh, we were both wrong. (laughs) What? (laughs) Ian, Ian, you got me thinking it was Van Helsing. (laughs) Uh, I was actually actually enjoying your guys' conversation, so I was just being quiet. (laughs) Is that... That movie growing up, oh, so good. I haven't seen Dracula, what was it? Dracula 2000. Wes Craven presents 2000. Dracula 2000. Yeah. What, was that a 2010 movie? It is a 2000 movie. Oh, okay, so we're not doing Dracula the same year anymore. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, well, yeah, no, this year we're not necessarily covering the same year. Oh, okay. Because I was trying to think of movies around Pretty that time. Doesn't matter what it is. You know? Number two. A murdering spree begins to happen again, this time targeted toward the original Woodsboro survivors and those associated with the movie inside a movie, Stab 3. Sydney must face the demons of her past to stop the killer. Genre horror comedy. Is it fresh or is it rotten? Stab 3. Is that what they call... I can't remember. I can't... No, I th- I'm I feel- pretty sure this is Scream too because they have that um that moment in the beginning where it's the couple and they go to the theaters and then yeah, but they're seeing Stab One, aren't they? I oh that is that might that might be true. I'm gonna it's say Scream three for sure, right? I'm gonna say Scream Three. Oh wait, oh wait, sorry, we're scores. Jesus Christ! I'm gonna go um, rotten if yeah, it's Scream Three. If it's Scream Three, I'll say rotten. You guys are both correct. It is, in fact, rotten. Guess the percentage. That one's pretty bad, but I don't think it's as bad. 42. 40. You guys both get awarded a point. It is 37% directed by Wes Craven. It is, in fact, 2000's Scream 3. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Number three. When her husband is attacked by a zombified neighbor, Anna manages to escape only to realize her entire Milwaukee neighborhood has been overrun by the walking dead. After being questioned by a cautious policeman, Anna joins him and a small group that gravitates to the local shopping mall as a bastion of safety. Once they convince suspicious security guards that they are not contaminated, the group bands together to fight the undead hordes. Is it fresh or is it rotten? Fresh. Genre horror. Um, I'm going to go... It sounds like a pretty straightforward movie, and it would be probably pretty popular. I'm going to go... I don't want to tie with Brendan. I'm going to go rotten. 
Brennan, you are in fact correct. Yeah, it is fresh. Is it? Is it? <laughs> is it Snyder's Dawn of the Dead? I'm not going to tell you. Okay. You have to guess the percentage first. Um. I was just talking this movie up so much. If it is what I think it is, um, I'll give it a seventy. Damn, dude! I even know. Brendan gets awarded the second point. It is Ooh. fresh at seventy-seven percent on the seven with two hundred and fifty k reviews. Directed by Zack Snyder, it is in mm -hmm. fact the Dawn of the Dead remake, two thousand four. Have you seen that yet? Yeah. Yeah. Do you like it? Yeah, it's pretty good. Does it have characters that are good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say the character's pretty good. Number four. When a cloud of space dust causes the dead to rise as ravenous zombies, the Zomcon Corporation emerges to conquer the creatures and domesticate them to become menial workers and pets for humans. Now a skeptical boy finds a best friend in his family's new friend. That was redundant. But the new family member's control collar malfunctions and the neighbors wind up on the menu. Oh. Genre horror <laughs> comedy. Oh, this movie is so fucking ridiculous. It's is it like fresh? Or is Milo, it right? right? Is that what the movie's called? Yeah, no, that movie's fresh, 100%. I mean, I'm not giving it, it doesn't have a 100% score, but that is that movie is so fresh. If it's not fresh, I'm going to break my desk in half. <laughs> Jesus. So I'm going to go fresh as well. Um, <laughs> I think right, pretty so confident enough. I would say that. in the future, Brendan, if you really know the answer, maybe keep it to yourself a little bit more. <laughs> but... <laughs> Maybe I'm just trying just, to throw out a MacGuffin to Ian. Hey, that's true. You could be trying to bluff him. That that's true. It is in fact fresh. <laughs> <laughs> you guys both get awarded a point. Now guess the percentage. I'm saying we 80. going with Brennan. Eighty. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna have to go eighty as well. Okay. You guys are both in fact correct. It does have a fresh rating at 72% oh, with 25,000 ratings directed by Andrew Curie. It is, in fact, the 2007 film Fido. Yeah, That movie is so ridiculous. I've never seen it. I haven't either. Never seen it. So that is the end. <laughs> is it right? Is it right? I don't know. Is it right? And that puts Brendan in the lead once again. It was 2-3. Now it is now... <laughs> now it is now. It is now 4-2, Brendan. So before we continue with this, I have a question. Do you guys want to continue this to where whoever wins the round gets one singular point and we continue? Or do you want to count up exactly how many points you guys have each round and add them up that way? Who wants to do that? Cool. So Brendan's in the lead. 4-2. Hey. This, this sucks, man. He's going to get that six feet tall wooden Dobby sculpture. I mean, Dobby is not that tall. And I'm going to burn it to the ground. Gonna burn it to the ground. Like, I'm going I'm to put a sock in his hand so that he's free, and then I'm going to burn <laughs> it to the ground. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> this has been another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum, the adrenaline-fueled podcast of the Ruminations <laughs> Radio Network. 
If you like what we're doing here, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Ruminations of Red Room and on Twitter at of Red Room. That's OF Red Room. And please subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and make sure you hit us up with a review and give us a rating. You can now rate on Spotify as well. So make sure Let's you guys go. do that. That being said, I'm your host, Kyle, with a K. And today, we also have Ian with two E's. Two E squared. Um, you know, life. Dude, you're going to get cheated on. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's happened to the best of us. You know, like it just happened to me. Um, not a big deal. Not a flex or anything. But I don't know where I'm going with that. I think I just need to get that off my chest. Um, I hope you have a good day, though. Like Alaska. And Brenton, <laughs> the new blood. Uh. Thanks to the person that just gave us another five stars on Apple Podcast. You're a true legend. Uh, and this episode was for Wes. For Wes. Take Craven. your sedatives, Craven. people. Wes, Wes Craven. Wes, Wes Craven, take your sedatives. <laughs> Stay spooky, folks.